This is a Podfire production. And here we are for another week of Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast. My name's Rob and I've got Brendo with me. How are you, Rob? I'm excellent. Brendo, how was your week? Oh, I've had a great week and a big week in footy. A big week in footy. We actually did have a big week, didn't we? Um, we both did the footy thing and then um, took our wives out on Saturday night because um, apparently they wanted to spend some time with us as well, which was surprising, uh, but um, we had a great week. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I look forward to going through it all with you. Let's start with our eye catchers. What, so, what did you find this week? So I'm, I'm rather impressed with the AFLW women coaches, okay? And two in particular that I want to talk about very briefly. So firstly, the Brisbane coach, Craig Stasevich, doing the shoey, um, you know, <laughs> yep. harnessing his inner oh, F1 some, racer. There's been some shoeys this week. There was one at the uh, UFC yesterday as well. Yeah, so, but you could just see, you know, I don't know how the deal went down and that sort of thing, but you could just see there was genuine feeling with him and his players. And likewise with Mick Stanier, uh, he was named the uh, coach of the year, the Melbourne coach. Unfortunately, their team didn't get it done on, on Saturday, but you could really tell uh, there's just warmth towards those guys. You know, they're not full-timers. They give up their time. And Mick Stanier, importantly, has a, a great link to Queensland footy, uh, the Mount Cravat Footy Club. Uh, two-time best and fairest winner, um, Grogan medalist, ex-captain. He was a gun player. And now good on him for um, putting his time back into um, women's football. It is fantastic to see these guys come from Queensland and um, you know, doing as well as they are. And it, it's a real pathway for them too. Yeah, fantastic. What's your eye-catcher, Rob? My eye-catcher, big upsets. I love myself an upset. There you and, go. And there was – I'm, I'm going to talk about one in particular to start with. I went out to Coomera. Um, there'll be a – course a canteen review on Coomera later on but I went out there they hadn't won a game for over two years I spoke to their uh, president Rob or Bones as everyone calls him there um, he's been president there for five years they haven't had a lot of success no wins for two seasons cooling got to come to town and let's just say um, they held on for I think it was an eight point win in the end but um, yeah the scenes were they, they were just there was so much passion Sometimes maybe a little bit too much passion with some of their fans. They're, they're quite a rowdy bunch there, and um, I don't know if I'd like to be in the opposition listening to that, but um, they probably got the job done for them. Yeah, and it's great to see teams that haven't enjoyed that much success get up and have a good win. We might try and um, incorporate that a little bit later on too, won't we? Yeah, that'll be a good segment for us. Let's go. Okay, let's go. All right, Brendo, what do we normally start off with? Let's get into our AFL rap, Rob. AFL rap. So there was obviously the two clubs. We start with the Brisbane Lions who played on Friday night. 11-4-70, losing to Geelong, 11-14-80. If I may just be so brazen as to steal a Brendo phrase, I think the scoreboard was lying, Brendo. Explain. Well, I don't know that the Lions were 10 points close enough to Geelong. I think Geelong, although they played wonderful Geelong on, on Friday night, they probably cost themselves for some poor kicking a goal. Um, the game probably should have been out of reach by half time, and maybe it's a um, a good indictment on the Lions that they were able to hang on and um, you know just keep those claws in on the fence to try and just stay in the game as long as possible. And even you know right to the end when you know there was a couple of decisions that may have gone the other way that might have seen a different result, the Lions were still a chance, which is the positive for them for the week. 
Yeah, it was it was a really interesting game. I I thoroughly enjoyed it actually, and although at times it was a little frustrating from a Queensland footy perspective, but oh, trust me, from a Brisbane Lions sport supporters perspective, it certainly was. Yeah, but what was interesting, what I found very interesting was that. And it was a little bit old school footy in that the bookends, the, the big forwards had a good day and sort of strangely, so did the key defenders. It was kind of a bit strange that so way. Hawkins boots five and Marcus Adams would be in my best players on the Lions side of it. Yeah. Strange. And a few free kicks were in there, but he just did as, as well as you could possibly do on Hawkins on the way the ball was delivered to him and everything that happened on the night. Yeah, And Danaher and McStay, you know, McStay, obviously now it's in the media that he's, he's a big... Uh, you know, free agent that's coming up. You know, he played really well and he, he's got the ability to take the big contested mark. And and Danaher, you know, he, I've been quite impressed with what he's been doing. So interesting that the bookends did really quite well from both ends, but we only had about 11 goals each. So th- that was a bit of a strange one, I felt. It was. And let's go to another one of those upsets. Yesterday, the Suns, 13-14-92, defeating Carlton. Eight goals, 14-62, a five-goal victory. Did you see this one coming? Well, actually, I did. Oh, I might have had a little flutter on sports bet leading into the gamble game. responsibly. Gamble responsibly, uh, but look, I just felt that maybe Carlton weren't going quite as well as what it looked on the scoreboard. One of those lying scoreboards again. <laughs> and then at the, on the flip side, the Suns. I was expecting a response from last week, so the combination of that. Uh, was enough for me to be actually fairly confident that the Suns would at least put in a good show, and that they did. You know, Tuke Miller came back, 32 possessions. Anderson, 35. You know, a couple of them butchered, it'd be fair yeah. to say, but he was still an effective player on the game. He's got his hands to the ball, and that's not much more you can ask, is there? Yeah, and look, I I thought Jared Witts was instrumental in the game. Uh, I noticed that Pitnett uh, was a late withdrawal. That I think, hurt them. I think that definitely hurt, as did Cripps going. Uh, being injured early in the game. But, you know, I really like the game of Lockie Weller. I thought his dash um, and ball use was elite. And obviously, Chole and Roses. You know, Roses coming in for his what first a, game. What about uh, Levi? Did he did he enjoy the win? Oh, Levi loved it. Good on him. <laughs> when he kicked the goal and he's pulling at the Suns jersey, I'm thinking, oh, I hope you win because um, that'll come back to haunt you if, you if this game goes the wrong way. Yeah, and look, good on him for showing a bit of emotion and enjoying his footy. So That's what it shows. It shows that he's a professional footballer who still loves the game and he wants to perform. Okay, what about um, a little bit of academy news? Oh, yes. Uh, so the Lions, 11-6-72, lost to Dandenong, 13-14-92. I watched a little bit of this game, uh, again on the stream. Not a huge amount, and it was really the same old, same old for the Brisbane Lions. Jasper Fletcher was, without a doubt, the best player on the ground for the, from the Lions' point of view, which all goes well for, for the Brisbane Lions' senior team, being a father-son selection possibility at the end of the season. Um Mitchell Housen kicked four goals, which which was a good uh, result because, you know, in these games, there's not a lot of bags of four or five kicked. Um, they were blown away early and they pegged back pegged back the um, the lead. That was I think there were six goals down a quarter time. So not a bad result in the scheme of things. I mean, we're, we're talking about a Queensland system up against one of the stronger Victorian teams. Yeah, and so the Suns... 8-7-55 were defeated by the Eastern Rangers, 17-12-114. Uh, 
so I caught a bit of the stream on this one as well. I, I watched the first half before I went off to watch the uh, Sun Seniors play. And I have to admit, with the, the first half that I saw, like scores were still reasonably even at that stage. But if I'm honest, it did look like the damn wall was going to break. And that's exactly yeah. what ended up happening. So 13 goals to five after half time. Yeah. So look, the. I think it just ended up being there was a lot of big bodies with the Eastern Rangers and you know at the coal face they were just able to to um, win the footy and and pump it forward so and it did feel like the the Suns were hanging on hanging on hanging on but then you know at some at some point the weight of possession wins through but good performances again by Jed Fogo doing yeah, well is it a broken record for Jed Fogo yeah he, he's doing well like, like Jas- Jasper Fletcher he seems to be up there week in week out doesn't he yeah so he's one of the older boys he's nineteen year old but. Um, you know, he's definitely having a, a good season and good to see Jared Eckersley and um, and Corbett with 18 possessions and um, Lockett doing well with 17. So yeah. Now, I want to introduce in our academy slot something for us Brisbane Lions supporters, people out there. Ashcroft Watch in the uh, under-18s, playing for the Sandy Dragons, obviously. He had 38 possessions in a 43-point win over the Calder Cannon. So I'm not going to say too much about it because... You know, there's not a lot to be said other than, you know, we're, we're very hopeful that he'll be playing for one of the oh, for the Brisbane Lions at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll have to keep tabs on that one. We'll have to keep tabs on that. Okay, let's look at the VFL results for the week, Brendo. Last week we had this, I came in and I was all excited. All the Queensland teams had won. I'm a little flat this week. We had one win out of three and we... We'll start with the one win, the Sharks, 1916-130, defeating Werribee, 11-12-78. We were listening to Beatles music at um, Home of the Arts on the Gold Coast and we were getting in trouble for having a look at the phones, right? But Jesus, Sharks did well, didn't they? Yeah, look, they, they seemed to blow it open in the second quarter Yep. and they were able to sort of hold on to that for the rest of the game. So, look, they'd be wrapped unable to speak to anybody from the club today but uh that yeah. wrapped with that result oh look and jacob uh jacob townsend kicked four goals um and and dawson had what was it 30 possessions again so again it seems they're in a bit of a groove at the moment yeah and returning boyd woodcock and zach foot um were named amongst the best so look that's a very big win Away from home, down at Werribee. Saturday night in Werribee wouldn't have, you know, it would have been different conditions to what they used yeah, to. Yeah, probably a bit dewy and, and that sort of thing. So, look, great effort. Uh, 19 goals, 16 is, is a lot of scoring shots. So, looking forward to watching the Sharks play this Thursday night. Big um, game. Big game at home against Geelong. Uh, Fankhauser Reserve at 7pm. So, uh, Easter Thursday, that'll be a great uh, spectacle if, if people are interested to have a look at that one. Yep, I would expect that I have quite a few people there Thursday night. Um, we'll go to yesterday. The Suns not uh, seven goals, nineteen sixty one, losing to Carlton seventeen eleven one hundred and thirteen. McPherson twenty seven disposals. Mac Andrew twenty three disposals, as well. And Joel Jeffrey and Sam Day two goals each. Did you get to see much? I know you went to the game. Yeah, look, I did watch a fair bit of this on the stream. Uh, look, don't be fooled by seven goals, nineteen. Uh, it's not like they were missing goals from you know right in front and that sort of thing. To be honest, it didn't look like. Compared to Carlton, the system going forward just wasn't quite the same. It was kind of bomb it, hoped that someone could take a grab, but that many times it would just spill and you know for a rush behind. So of those 19 behinds, a number of them were rushed. 
Whereas Carlton, when they went forward, they seemed to be always going to an open forward line and they just seemed to have more system of play. So Makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, no doubt about it. So their, their shots at goal were from better spots and, um, you know, I think Carlton look uh, shaping as the team to beat in the VFL this year. Well, so they're, un- they're undefeated at the moment and they certainly toweled up the Lions a few weeks ago. And that leads us well into the Lions game. Now, um, oh, geez, how do I say this? Because my boss probably will listen to this thing as though... We're in his studio. Um, I left work early on Friday so that I could get home and watch the stream of this game. Um, but um, the Lions, 13-5-83, lost to Geelong, 13-12-90. So I did watch the whole game, and this one was incredibly similar. If you want to say, hey, the seniors and the reserves, just they overlap quite well, it's perfect. A perfect example of two games that went nearly identical. The Lions hung on, hung on, actually got in ahead, um, but then didn't score a goal in the last quarter and Geelong were able to win. Um, Eli Smith, I think, played the best game I've seen him play. Um, and if he can continue on those at that um, way, he should push for senior selection. He had 26 disposals. Um, Reese Matheson. Reese Matheson is just going to bash up on reserve grade footy. He is, he's one of those players to me that is, is too good for reserve grade footy, but just doesn't always get it across the line in, in the seniors. Um, Lohman and Blake Coleman were the only multiple goal kicks with two each. Um, did you get to see any yeah, of this game? Yeah, look, look I, I agree with your comment, actually. And we, we didn't compare notes beforehand, but it did feel like a bit of a carbon copy. And when the Lions hit the front, I think it was late in the third quarter from memory, yep. uh, it felt strange because it felt like they were losing the game, but then he looked at the score and, and there they were ahead. So And it was a little bit the same with the seniors. You know, the Lions would you know, draw to a couple of points, but... It kind of felt like they were losing, so it was it was it was quite strange how both games were images of each other. Yeah, look, and full credit to the to the AFL and VFL or whoever organises the streams for all these games as well, because it's a really high quality stream that they put together. And it's if you do get a you do want to have a chance, if you Google VFL fixtures, um, that'll take you to the right part of the AFL website, and you'll be able to have a look at these games because it is really cool to have a look. From the Brisbane Lions' point of view, and the Gold, Sa- Gold Coast Suns would be the same, and whoever you support, seeing, being able to watch these kids, and some of them have had eight or ten possessions, but you really do get a lot of information about where these kids are going for the future. So it certainly is a, a great um, service that they're providing. Yeah, but then we'll also be wrapping the games of course, on Queensland we'll Corridor football well, each week. Well, yes, we will. <laughs> Queensland Corridor footy brings you those streams. Well, hopefully no one from the AFL is listening to that. Um, and as you said, there's only... I think I think there's only the one game for any of the Queensland teams this week, and it is Southport. The Lions and Suns have a bye this week, um, so it's Southport and Geelong Thursday night, Easter Thursday um, at um, Fankhouse Reserve. Look forward to it. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start this week's QAFL session with a QAFLW, some QAFLW news now. Earlier today, I was able to spend some time with Ross Clayfield, who was the coach of the AF, oh, sorry, the QAFLW team at UQ. Um, of course, uh, reigning premiers, UQ. Reigning premiers. So I was able to spend some time. He couldn't come on live because he's actually taking training tonight. So we might just um, have a listen to the discussion we had earlier with Ross. Okay, on the line I've got the coach of the QAFLW team at the University of Queensland. I've got Ross Clayfield. Ross, thank you for your time today. Oh, no problem, Rob. It's, um, it's yeah, good to be here. Excellent. Look, um, another big win on the weekend for your team? 
Yeah, it was uh, a solid effort. Uh, a little bit disappointed uh, with the rain kicking in. It's because uh, Wilson Grain looked at the picture. The deck was amazing, and and we got through a quarter or two, and then the rain came, and then yeah, the second half sort of descended into a bit of a sloppy game. But yeah, we certainly took some positives away. Excellent. Look, we've got you on today because we've had um, a coach from the QAFL team from um, from Service Paradise. And we wanted to just have a chat to you about the women's game and the development of it. Now, my understanding is that you've got a long history with the women's game in Queensland. When did you start um, coaching coaching the ladies? Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably a couple of decades now. I, I'm a teacher by trade, and that's probably how I got involved. And AFLQ was starting to run a few nine-a-side uh, competitions back back yeah early early in the millennium, and um, yeah, I had a couple of girls who were super keen to get involved and I was coaching the boys at the time and they said, you know, give us a go and, and we thought then uh, that's the right thing to do. And yeah, obviously early days, it was a little bit uh, little bit tricky. I still remember my, my, the very first bounce of our first game, our, our ruck went up and came down with a dislocated kneecap and I wasn't Ooh. quite sure whether this was uh, <laughs> the way to go, but apparently that was a regular thing for her. But um, Ouch, no, yeah. as, as, as a school, we, we got better and better and two or three years later, we started uh, yeah, playing some decent footy and and then some of those players from the, that first generation, I guess, of, of girls coming through from a school sense, um, started playing club football and some of them played at, at Zilmere and they were looking for a coach and... And they suggested their old high school coach. So I guess that's how I got involved in the, the club scene. And I guess like a, like a good player who makes their way through the ranks and up to higher divisions, you have done exactly the same because you started coaching juniors at Zilmere, was it? Oh, it was, yeah, it was probably the seniors at Zilmere and, and had a few uh, junior players that came over to sort of okay, fill yep. out their junior ranks for a couple of years. And and then, yeah, had a, had a bit of a year off when my second kid came along. And, uh, and then just, yeah, just... Had some uh, amazing kids in my school who were showing a heap of talent and huge number within a couple of uh, years of each other. And we thought, we've got to get the playing club footy. So um, I think Bree Brock at the time was the one who said, you've got to go to Kegrin Lions. And uh, so very happily went to Kegrin and, and had an amazing seven years there and, and helped develop the female program there. And you had and, a few uh, players that went on to play AFLW from that, those teams too, I believe? Yeah, well, I mean, from a... Yeah, from the Zilmia point of view, I think we had Ali Anderson was probably year 12 when I first started out at, at Zilmia and um, Shani Webb was in those teams and a very young Taylor Harris was sort of 15 and took the competition by storm. Yep. Um, obviously, have gone on to do great things. Uh, and then from Kegrin's point of view, yeah, Luca Yoshida Martin, uh, who just got drafted this year, was, yep. a, was a Kegrin junior um, prospect. So, yeah. And then 2021 comes around and you find yourself at UQ. Yeah, well, obviously, it was a very different comp when I was coaching sort of state league at uh, Zilmia, and there's only five or six teams, but um, I probably wasn't sure whether an opportunity like that would come along. So when UQ seemed keen for me to get involved, I, I couldn't really resist, to be honest. And um, a fair bit of success in that first year too, just quietly. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an amazing year. It was an amazing year. Yeah, from the, from the get-go, really, we um, had amazing numbers down at training. We had an amazing pre-season camp up the coast and, and just so impressed with just the culture and the fabric of the club as a whole. And obviously some of the, the women involved in this football club are just so committed to what they do and so much young talent coming through as well. And fortunate that a few girls that I'm fairly close to came across as well. And yeah, and things seem to align and we, we got off to a good start and got some momentum and uh, yeah, things, the rest, things the rest is okay. history. 
Yeah. With um, one thing I wanted to talk to Brad more about last week, but I probably forgot to be <coughs> honest because we had such a big, big chat with him about his yeah. um, his playing history. Um, how many players and staff? Like you're the head coach, so you run the whole lot, don't you? Yeah, it's it's certainly a changing landscape at state league level, and I can only really speak for UQ, and I know it sort of varies from from club to club. But um, we've worked really hard within sort of eighteen months to to have a fairly expansive program. So yeah, obviously we've got head coach, uh, a development league head coach, and we've got three sort of line coaches in in each of our teams. Uh, plus one of our players, Julie Dawson's also our, our sort of welfare wellbeing coach as well. Um, we're really lucky to have Luke Glacken, who's our sort of high performance manager and my sort of senior assistant. And and he's a sponsor of the club as well through uh, TMS, who are amazing and make sure our players are always in great shape and super fit. Um, physios attached as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a fairly big program and, and about uh, 55, 60 players eventually on the list and probably 80 or 90 cycle through during pre-season. That's one heck of a uh, management um Ma- yeah, I'm just hoping no one, no one from my school or my principal hears me say that. But yes, it is. <laughs> it is a fair So this year, um, the season has started now, and we've had a pretty good start for you guys. Um, two wins and a draw. Um, yeah, yeah. How 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 are you faring? I guess as per your expectations for this season. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the big thing for us coming off the premiership was not to get caught up in 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 the hype, I guess, and just assume it was just going to happen again for us. Um, there was probably a little bit of narrative around that that our AFLW girls, um, oh, how can I put it, were, were a big reason for our success, and they were. Yep. There's there's no hiding from that. They they're amazing, and they they certainly help. But we're certainly proud of of how we we're travelling early in the season, the top two, uh, when the competition was less influenced by the AFLW involvement. Um, so I guess we we had a bit of a point to prove that we'd be up there again. And um, yeah, two and a half two and a half wins out of three is, is certainly a solid start. And from thinking about an AFLW perspective, you've got obviously 55 players. I'm guessing you've got both the Queensland clubs would be keeping a close eye on most of those players uh, throughout the year. Do you have much involvement with the Queensland clubs around players to be drafted? Uh, yeah, obviously obviously uh, a little bit of involvement. Obviously Gold Coast and, and Brisbane are keeping tabs and, and four new teams coming in obviously is really exciting uh, for the growth of the game and the growth of the AFLW. So... Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, aspirational players out there that are hoping to fill those 100, 120, 150 kind of new list spots potentially. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of excitement at the moment. And the growth of the QAFLW. I mean, we've got Southport have come in this year, and obviously they've started 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 like a house on fire. They've won their first three games. Um, is it getting stronger each year? The the um, the skills and all the rest of it is that developing at the same rate? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I just compared to you, you mentioned where I sort of started out. I think we had five or six teams and, and nothing below. And now we've got eight uh, very sort of competitive state league teams with their development teams as well. And then there's the Div 1 and the Div 2 Quaffer and, and and options, you know, Gold Coast, South Brisbane, North Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Darling Downs. Like there's just Townsville, the, the whole the whole state. And there's so many, so many leagues and so many levels that it's just absolutely booming. I guess we've got players now that are looking at it as a pathway and they're, they're only 10, 11, 12 years old and they're working towards this now over a five yeah. or six year period. And I guess that's only going to improve the standard of play further in the future, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think when the AFLW first kicked off, there was a, a phrase that was often thrown around that the uh, 
Oz kickers are coming. Well, yep. <laughs> yeah, those those girls who've started in Oz kick, they're, they're they're arriving now, and um, and there'll be more and more of those girls that have just been playing football from from the very sort of get go. So, and once that happens, I think you'll see another step um, for the for the standard of obviously the AFLW and the state leagues underneath. Yep. Now the QAFL teams have a point system. Is there anything similar for the um, for the QAFLW? No, not at this stage. Um, and uh, that may depend a little bit in terms of what happens with the AFLW this year. And I mean, we're still waiting for a, a collective bargaining agreement. We still don't know when their season's starting or when the potential draft is going to be. So I think they've got um, a fair bit to work out there. And then the state leagues will probably um, make the adjustments uh, after that. Excellent. And what's, what's coming up for UQ? Are we, who are we playing this weekend? Uh, we've actually got a bye this weekend. Oh, that's right. Everyone's nervous. got the bye. Yeah, we got the bye this weekend. A little bit nervous about tonight. We've uh, we decided to have a bit of a lighter week, and we've yep. thrown it open to our leaders to take over the session tonight. So we can see what they've come up with. Time for you to sit back, and um, I'm the canteen connoisseur. I don't know if you've heard about that, but I'm sure you have. <laughs> but it's time for you maybe to um, sit back and have yourself a sausage roll and watch training from um, yeah. the other side of the fence. Well, that's that's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Sounds like a solid plan. After the bye, are we back at home or? Yeah, back at home, back at UQ on field two, and it's the Anzac Day round, and we're up against Yoronga. Um, and Yoronga is just one of those just amazing football clubs in Brisbane, well-respected, who are always competitive, um, and we can't wait to be hosting them in a couple of weeks, and we're sure that's going to be a cracker. And it's it's um, fantastic to hear that we've, you know, we're having a lot of these themed rounds through the mm. um, state league games as well with the Anzac, and I know there's an Indigenous round as well. Yeah, um, Is that sure. something that the players embrace? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Anzac Day is obviously massive. We're, we're super excited about Indigenous Round this year and uh, our club's going to be debuting its Indigenous jersey for the first time this year. And I know a lot of clubs are doing the same thing, already have. And um, yeah, I, I, it's always it's always a round that we look forward to and really special for the Indigenous players in our group. Well, Ross, thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on obviously where you've gotten to as a coach and gone through the system and supported Queensland footy for such a long time, but also obviously, you know, the premiership that you won last year was a, a fantastic result and we wish you all the best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks, Ross. Great insight there, wasn't there, Brando, into what it takes to run a emerging competition club. Yeah, and the Quaffle women's competition is going from strength to strength, so it's, it's it great is. to see. And, you know, last week we were able to talk to Brad Moore, Surface Paradise coach, and we got got um, some insight into the QAFL um, competition and what it takes to coach a team. And just, just to hear things like the amount of people that he's got to manage, it, it is, it's quite, um, quite a job that, um, that he undertakes on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and likewise with the women's coaches. Yeah, and with and yeah, sorry, that's that's what I was saying with um, with Ross, and we do thank Ross for his his time because um, it is very valuable. Um, let's have a look at the QAFLW results. Sorry, um, this week we had, and so, I'm just trying so to find Marichidor two nine twenty one were defeated by Southport. So new entry into the competition this year. Southport would be thrilled being undefeated. Um, and uh, top of the ladder in early running. Uh, Bond University defeated Cooperoo 6 41 to two goals straight 12. Yoronga uh, South Brisbane were defeated by Aspley, 4-7-31 to 1-2-8. And University Queensland Ross's team, 10-18-78 uh, 
um, had a big win over Wilson Grange. So if we have a quick look at the ladder, uh, we've got Southport ahead, three wins, um, Bond University and University of Queensland also undefeated with two wins and they had a thrilling draw against each other last week. Something that um, I picked up on when I was doing a bit of research before we spoke to Ross was that the draw against Bond was in my mind doubly incredible when you consider that their development teams had a draw on the same day as well. Oh, did they really? Yeah, so a huge day there where both games ended in a draw. Could you imagine being at that one and just be like deja vu two hours later? You know what, I've actually never heard of that happening. I hadn't either, so, um, but yeah, there's something that um, QAFLW has brought us. Let's look at the QAFL seniors. Um, As I said, I was out at Coomera, so I didn't get to go to a QAFL game this week, but... um, Brenda, do, do you want to do something we've never done before? Now, we're only six episodes in, so there's a lot of things we haven't done before. Well, just just watch. This could go haywire, <laughs> this, but let's give, let's give it a go, this, eh? This may not end well. What we're going to do is we're going to ring one of the coaches um, live. So um, let's just give them a call, and when, when they answer, hopefully, um, you'll get an idea on who this is. Chris Rourke speaking. G'day, Rocky. It's the boys from Queensland Corridor Footy. How are you go th- going this afternoon? Oh, very well on a on a winning Monday. It's always very bright and chirpy on a Monday when you win. Yeah, well, we saw the results and, uh, you know, a bit of an upset there and we're very happy for you and we just thought we'd give you a buzz and find out how it all went. Yeah, no, happy to fill you in. We had, uh, had a great day here at Noosa. We had a really good crowd. The weather cleared up and, yeah, we had... Uh, no, it was just a really good day, and you know, obviously we haven't haven't won for a while, so uh, yeah, there was good celebrations at the end of the day. Yeah, Rob here, rookie. How are you? Good, thanks, Robbie. Yourself? Good, mate. Um, what was the difference? I mean, I, I'd seen Aspley play the week before, and they were playing really good football. So, what happened on Saturday that um, turned it around for you guys to um, bag the biggest upset of the season so far? Oh, I thought our contested footy was really good. Our mids got beat up in the second half against Broadbeach. Broadbeach, I think we ran out of legs a little bit. We had a few blokes underdone. And, you know, obviously when you challenge your midfield, they uh, they you know usually respond pretty well. And I thought, you know, Josh Wallace and a few of the boys in there really, you know, put their heads over it. And we got our captain back, Aaron Lasky, who's been a terrific player for us over the years. And he certainly made a difference with his leadership. You know, I noticed it was a fairly close game right to the end. You would have been proud of the four-quarter effort? Yeah, it was. It was, you know, as I said, the week before, I thought we played really well in the first half and then we faded in the second. And, you know, it was a, you know, we did speak about it during the week, just trying to be a little bit more consistent throughout the game. And, and look, we ran it right out till the end. And, and it was a really good game of footy. Um, I think the crowd really enjoyed it. And, you know, down here at Noosa, you do get a good crowd. And, you know, we put on a president's lunch. So we had Mark McClure here and a few celebrities. So it was great. And the boys really rose to the occasion. So how's the club actually tracking this year? You've got obviously got um, you've recruited well in the off season. Um, plenty of players there, and, and everything looking looking like that. This is uh, sustainable through the season. Yeah, I think so. We've you know we obviously we had a you know four season last season, but we've got a new committee in, and we've got a new footy director in Ben Collins, who's done a wonderful job. We've got a new general manager in Jane Davis, and we all seem to work really well together. And you know, it's not the hardest place to recruit. I tell you, Noosa. You get uh, the first time in my coaching career, I didn't have to make phone calls. Everybody wants to come and they live in the most beautiful spot in Australia. So no, it's been good. Why wouldn't you want to end up in Noosa? Just before I go, I can see uh, Brendo's got another question coming. Coming, but mate, I've got a bit of a vested interest in this. What's the, what's the canteen like at Noosa? 
The canteen is an absolute ripper. Actually, you should come down for the president's lunch. We get a, get it supplied by uh, Ricardo's, who uh, got a local, a great restaurant here in um, in Noosa. So they supply our uh, our food and everything on match day. So yeah, it's a it's a good place to come for a come for a feed. Rocky, we've got your phone number, mate. Um, I am going to find a date, and I'll bring the good wife from the Gold Coast up to the up to the Noosa for a weekend. And we're going to uh, right. we're going to take you up on that one. We're going to do a review of the president's lunch at Noosa. You were guaranteed. She'll be a very very happy lady, and you can take her out and beautiful wine bars and everything down here. So, it's look, it's a great day at the footy here. I can't believe we had we had a girl singing at half time, and one of the girls that plays in our women's in our women's footy team gets up and sings. It was it's a real really good atmosphere. And just the last one from me, Rocky. We appreciate your time on on a bit of a whim there. Um, how are you looking for this week? Big game on Good Friday against Wilson Grange. Yeah, we have just been having a look at them. They look uh, they're pretty slick. They're very uh, they're very keen, aren't they? And they attack the ball really hard. So look, we we got a couple of injuries, but we hope to get a couple back. And obviously, uh, sides here seem to be much stronger at home than they are when they play away. So obviously, it's going to be a, a fair task for it. But but yeah, look, the boys are up and about. Obviously, after the win on the weekend, so you know we're going in there with plenty of confidence and expect a really good game of footy. Look, thanks for your time, Rocky, and we encourage everybody who's interested in Quaffle to get down to that game. It'll be a, a very big game. Wilson Grange looking pretty strong as well, so it'll be a great game on Good Friday, so we look forward to that one. No worries. Thanks, boys, and thanks. you're doing a great job. Thanks, thanks Rocky. Rocky. See ya. How good was that? He's a ripper, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky is a legend. Can you imagine how how excited they were at Noosa? Like Coomer, I, look, I think in one of my video things on Saturday, I said, lock up your daughters in Coomera on Saturday night because the boys are part- partying. I'm sure Noosa would have had a, a quite a celebration on Saturday night as well. No doubt about it. And um, Freeman continuing his good form with four goals in that game. And uh, Thomas kicked five as well, didn't he? Ben Thomas? I think so. Yeah, so that they obviously played out of their skin and, and a win against a team like Aspley is huge. So the final score there was 13-9-87 to... 10-13-73, so a fantastic win by Aspley. Let's just have a look at some of the other games, uh, Brendo. Uh, Labrador against Broadbeach, 10-7-67. Broadbeach beat Labrador 9-11-65. We both tipped Labrador too. We did. and Did anyone remind you of that during the Oh, week? look, a few, and I've got to apologise to Broadbeach's footy manager, uh, Matt Littlechild, who was chipping me all week about uh, tipping against the Cats. Just wish he had rung me and said, hey, Rob, Give you an idea, cats this week. <laughs> so I could have got one up there, but yeah. So, um, so this look, this was probably a probably the match of the round. Be fair to say uh, between two competition heavyweights, and look, Labrador looked looked the goods early days. They got out to about a four goal um, lead in the first half, and look, they were looking good. The ground was was. Be heavy under track. Be fair to say, it was, it was fairly muddy conditions with the, the rain we'd had overnight. And um, Bokeh Smith, a uh, good recruit from down south, was going really well. Um, young Deacon and Ruck was going well. Uh, Lockie Henderson was controlling things from down back. And it, at the time, it really did feel like it was going to be a, perhaps a five or six goal win to the Labrador Tigers. But then. Someone forgot to tell Broadbeach. So, uh, look, it was it was a very courageous win by the Cats. Uh, I thought Pickering and the Ruck started getting some ascendancy early in the in the third quarter, and the likes of Chadwick and Ericsson, um, you know, he's back to Grogan Medal winning form. 
um, was was instrumental in the win. And and um, young Harry Rolls in just his second um, senior game of football, he actually uh, was named as a defender. But then with Henderson cutting loose, he was pushed forward and played a bit of a defensive role on Henderson to good effect. So that was important in the match as well. So very good game. Some of the ball handling by both sides was terrific considering the conditions and I think both sides will be in uh, you know at the pointy end at the end of the season. Yeah let's quickly go through the other games because um, we have had a full episode so far. Marucci Dor defeated Service Paradise by 55 points. We had um, Brad in here last week. They would be disappointed with a 55 point defeat. We both tipped Service Paradise. I'm just going to say now and I, I hope Brad's not listening now um, but I would have tipped Maruchidor if he wasn't here, but my heart said I had to tip Surface because he was sitting next to me and he looked like he wanted me to tip Surface. But um, Maruchidor would be pretty happy with a, with that kind of win. Um, so Harrison Fraser, a long-term time servant of the yep. club, was good for was Surface. Was good. Nick Scott as well. Yeah, Nick, well. Nick Scott's been there for a long, long time. So they're getting plenty out of their, their veterans and... Let's hope they can um, and, bounce And here's where my run sheet has absolutely let me down. Ben Thomas, because he, he plays for Marucci Dor, not for Noosa, and he kicked five for, for Marucci Dor. Did not kick a goal for Noosa, Ben Thomas. Had a shocker for Noosa, but he played really well for Marucci Dor. Okay. Um, so Morningside, unfortunately defeated by um, Palm Beach Crumman. I guess, unfortunately, from my perspective. Yeah, I was going to say, I, unfortunately for who? Unfortunately for me, because I tipped them. Uh, look... And from a Palm Beach Crumbin perspective, look, they've been able to get it done two weeks in a row in narrow uh, wins. So well done to them. And Tyler Cornish, as we mentioned in our preview, has been a massive pickup for them, um, and you know, pretty dominant through the middle, from what I can hear. And and so was as was um, Liam Jones down back, uh, and um, recruit. Downey and Castle were quite good for Morningside as well. Good effort by Morningside, though, you know, with the illness that's been through the club. You know, it's not like you can just switch it back on. Yeah. So a, a good effort by them. Wilson Grange, 15 18, 108. Good win over Mount Gravatt, 10 363. Um, now, who did we tip in this? I know we tipped the same. Yeah, look, we tipped Wilson Grange. We, yeah, we, we did. We felt their recruits had done, it was going to strengthen them this year. And so we're quite confident uh, their first game at home. And look, they won all three grades. And I think that's the first time they've done that for some time. So um, Good well day done to them. Grange. West, Westerberry, Gordon and Wilson are listed amongst the best. Redland, Victoria Point, 23-16-154, defeating Sheward, 5-8-38. Matt Hellman on another tear. Yeah, so look, they're tall timber. It's going like to worry a lot of teams. Yeah, no doubt about that. I noticed that uh, Jared Huddy, uh, who's, look, I think he probably would have played in the ruck, uh, was named best, as was, um, you know, Michael, who was up there as well. So he's a tall as well. And obviously, Hamelman kicking eight. So, so 16 in two games. Yeah, look, there's every chance he'll kick 100. Do he's you think Do you think the crowd will run on the field for 100? Yeah. You know what? You know what? Hamelman watch. When he's getting close, I'll be there. I will run on the field with my Queensland Corridor Footy Podcast shirt, the Canteen Connoisseur shirt. Hopefully it will still be clean. If, it's, if he kicks in the first half, it'll be fine. Uh, and I'll run on there and make an absolute goose for myself. That won't be a problem. Um, have we gone through all the games yet? I, I have no idea. Yes, I've we have. I've lost the plot. Let's, let's have a quick tip 
for next Quick week? Quick tip. We've only got one game. Wilson Granger playing Noosa. Your tip? I'm going to tip Noosa. Well, now what, what did I say last week? If we have a guest on the show, I'll tip their team. So I want Noosa as well. The tipping score at the moment is seven to Brendo, six to Rob. Whatever happens next week, we're going to still be equal, but I'm not changing that. That's that's my thing for the year. And I managed to get two out of six last week. So I wasn't how, good am, how good am I going? I wasn't going to mention that, but I'm con- I'm Mr. Consistent, three out of six again. So, um, yeah. So this week, as we mentioned when we spoke to Rocky, one game only this week. It is at Wilston Grange on Friday afternoon at um, Hickey Park. So if you can get along, get along. Okay, Brenda, the last segment of the week. What's I can't remember what happens in this segment. Do you? Can you recall? I think it's your favourite segment, Rob. Yeah, oh, I've got a feeling it is. I've got a feeling it is. We're actually talking about favourite segments. We watch out on the Facebook page and the Instagram page, which I've learned how to use Instagram. I'll tell you what they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But um, keep an eye on there because we are going to have a segment that's a little interactive um, so keep an eye out for what that may be. But the Canteen Connoisseur is back. Anyone who can write a jingle for me would love to have an original jingle for it. But um, went out to Coomera and first thing I just want to say is I took out the Canteen Con- Connoisseur assistant with me, um, which is not Brendo. Um, it's somebody I work with here who just gets a little bit too much into the Canteen Connoisseur for my liking personally. But he came along and we had people coming up to us talking about the canteen at Coomera, before I could even try it. They were giving me reviews. It was crazy. But we're going to start. Firstly, um, what I'd like to start with is um, we'll go through the, the four categories again, the variety. Now, Brendo, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect. This is this – is, I'm, I'm, I know I'm out of control, Brendo. Out of control, but we'll keep going. Variety. Um, lasagna with chips. Brendo, do they make lasagna with chips in any grounds that you've been to? Look, to be fair, I've never seen lasagna at a local footy. What, what would you pay canteen? for lasagna and chips? Probably eight or ten dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. Anyway, sorry, that should have gone in value. But anyway, lasagna with chips, pie, sandwiches. When you buy a, a sandwich, a nice salad sandwich, you get a packet of Sandboy with it. Unbelievable. Um, Dim Sims, chicken chili tenders, chicken wings. Awesome. The big one. The Six Point Burger. So they've named one of their <laughs> one of their food groups the Six Point Burger, which was a chicken burger, which was outstanding. Um, nine out of ten for variety value. Nine out of ten, real quick on that one. Twelve bucks it cost me for um, three dim sims, a Six Point Burger, and a can of drink. Um, in my run sheet, I wrote better than Lego. So that is as good as it gets. The taste, nine out of ten. The burger was great. The dim sims were absolutely superb, straight out of the. Um, whatever the deep fryer that they cook them in. And the drink was beautiful and cold. And the condiments, Brenda, how important are condiments to me? Condiments are important with a white shirt. <laughs> yes. And the shirt went home white because they were of the traditional variety. And then the service. Now, Bones, the club president, when you get served by the club president, you get extra points from me. Good on you, Bones. Bones in there doing all the jobs at the club. Absolutely fantastic. He had a, he had a little um, crew with him, some, some of the uh, junior players I think they would have been. Um, and the other thing, and I, don't know, I didn't know where to put this, they had the old chalkboard menu. And I love a chalkboard menu because it shows that you're willing to change each week. So 10 out of 10 for service. We've got a new leader, 37 out of 40. 
Very good. And you're going to Wilson Grange this week? Um, I have no choice. <laughs> I have no choice. But I would have gone there anyway, I'll, I'll say that. But no, I have no choice. But we will go out there so that the canteen connoisseur will not be missed. So what are we looking forward to, Brendo, just to finish this off for the week? Yeah, very quickly, Supercoach. Oh, Supercoach. Yes, no, I will do this. I will do this because – actually, no, we'll do it together, obviously. But you did say after week one, oh, I've had a win, but it'll be short-lived. Mate, it's been short-lived. It's been short-lived, all right. So you won first week. Tom, your son, came back and won the second week. What happened the third week? Third week we had a tie, which How is very rare. Very well, was rare. it 2,099 points each? Yes, we that's did. A, that's a big effort. And then last week, Tom Got stuck, me again. The, stuck the boot in, didn't he? So out of four weeks, Tom's won two, Brendo's won one, and we've had a tie. Uh, and it's 6,727 points for Tom and 6,589 for Brendo. So that's a difference of like a fair bit. Um, so I, I, I'm not the teacher, I'm not the mathlete, but it's a lot. Um, can we can we fight back? It's doubtful. It's doubtful. But will we keep trying? We will. Excellent. All right, what are we looking forward to this week? I'm looking forward to a weekend in Melbourne watching some footy. Going down to Melbourne? I am. Who are you going down with? I didn't. I note that it seems after my reluctance to invite you to the Cricketers Club, I haven't been invited to this weekend away. Indeed. I'm going down with the family and it'll be a great week. Looking yeah. forward to it. Watch, some a games. Couple, watch a couple of games while we're down there. Yep, excellent. Um, for me, what am I looking forward to? Um, Good Friday footy. I, I'm actually a big fan of it in, in both the AFL and obviously that it's being embraced in Queensland footy as well. So I'm looking forward to being able to go down to the footy on, on Good Friday. There's not a lot of things that are open and stuff on Friday. So if you are in Brisbane and you do want to have an afternoon at the footy, come down to Wilston Grange. Yeah, it will be a good day. Excellent. Look, that wraps up episode six. I've had a blast. I don't know about you, Brindo. Yeah, it's been fun. Been fun. Thank you to uh, Ross Clayfield from the UQ Footy Club and to... Chris Rourke. Chris Rourke. I just kept keep wanting to say Rorkey. Two fantastic blokes who gave up their time. And um, we look forward to seeing you in episode seven. Thanks, guys. See This podcast is brought to you by Platinum Standard Grading. The future of grading has arrived.